The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Polly? Hey, Alan, how you doing? Yeah, I think we'll do it a lot bigger than the Pelicans did last night. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was kind of rough, but uh, see, I don't know. I, the, the win on Friday was great, and the Pelicans were tremendous. The bench was even scoring. But with everyone talking about the death lineup, do you think Golden State maybe was taking it a little too easy before yesterday on the Pelicans? I want to say no, simply because they played really well in the first two games of the series. And then, yeah, on Friday, they kind of slipped up. For whatever reason, they were all off their game. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. And I feel like, honestly, the Pelicans, their play paralleled what we saw at the Warriors on Friday, where they couldn't make the shot. They were bobbling stuff. Their offense seemed to not produce anything as to where, you know, the Pelicans ran rampart all over their defense. So I feel like it was just a turnaround of fair play almost, but it wasn't fair play because these guys came out smoking hot. And you could, you, you could see it. Kevin Durant, you know, led the team. I know he finished with 38 points, but it was his, his start, I feel like, that really set the tone for that team where he got off the six quick points, and there was absolutely nothing to holiday to do. Durant had made up in his mind that he was going to score. He was going to throw like an MVP. And you know what? We kind of expected that. You know, Golden State being the champs, they were going to bounce back. But to have the Pelicans come out so flat, Alan, I think that's the bigger story. These guys, honestly, to me, look like they're dead tired. Bobbling happened. Missing layups. They got a lot of great stuff. They went inside that paint, and they came up empty more times than not. So they didn't look right all, all game long. And you know what the biggest stat is kind of telling? How many three-pointers they made? They made four of just 26. That's the worst shooting percentage of the entire season for them. So there's something to it. I think these guys are just ambushed, you know. They've had such a heck of a run over these last two months. And it's, and it's a grueling, grueling playoff so far, too. And Man, the Pelicans, I don't know if they got blowed up or what. All, all I know is that in game three, the bench showed up and looked great, and the Pelicans were also able to kind of keep Kevin Durant at bay. He had 22. That's 
That's like scoring under 10 points for Kevin Durant. 22 is <laughs> not good for him. But then insert the death lineup to start the game, and I saw the stat. It was like 17 minutes or something, and that lineup score, outscored the Pelicans by 26. Every The whole, entire rest of the game, besides those 17 minutes, dead even between the Pelicans and Warriors. So is that lineup that the is something the Pelicans could actually adjust to now that they've seen it for an extended period of time in the series? Yeah, I think so, because we have faced that lineup. It's not at the start of the games. You know, this is the first time Steve Kerr's put all five of those guys together on the court at tip-off. Uh, but they've played together regularly since uh, Kevin Durant's joined them over there in Golden State. Granted, they didn't see him too much this season because of all the injuries. Stephen Kerr missing a lot of time, and a lot of other guys also ailing at times as well. But, no, they, they, I feel like they can play with him because, if you may remember, the Falcons kind of had a deadline of themselves. Uh, entering, honestly, this series, and that's Miracles joining that starting lineup that we've seen over these last three or four weeks. Um, you know, they just didn't play their games. Like I said, Alan, when you're throwing it into AD and he's got one player matched up against him and he's missing from two, three, four feet away consistently, you're just not going to win many ball games. And, of course, I've already mentioned three-point shooting. So it's really, I feel like it's not so much as what they did, although they did a great job, if you notice. Their defense, what they decided to do was get up in everybody's face. Before, in game three, they gave Rajon Rondo 10 feet of airspace. Everybody that wasn't a prime threat, like Solomon Hill, they gave lots of airspace. But yesterday, they decided, nope, we're going to play right up to you and we're going to make the beat you. So I think at first, maybe that kind of that kind of um, shock to the Pelicans was kind of big because they didn't adjust very well. As, as we noticed, they were, what, down 17-4, to 20-6. to six right in the first quarter. But after that, they played really well. In the second quarter, hats off to them. I really thought they were dead in the water after watching that first quarter, but they bounced back, got to within four points. But then, like I said, I think it was that the effort, the energy, it, it just waned. You know, and let's face it, Golden State, great team. And that death lineup, there's a reason why it's called a death lineup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, a lot of people were questioning Golden State going into the playoffs and whether or not they were running out of gas. I mean, they've played more basketball than any team over the last few years. Um, do you think this team looks like a better Warriors team than it has been the last, say, three years? Because I'm still of the opinion they are not as good, but they're still the Warriors, and there is some vulnerability there. Now, how much is left for the Pelicans? I don't know. But all the way to the finals now, I'm not, I don't like their chances. I'm with you, Alan. I think we've seen better versions in the past. We need more consistent ones. You're right. Their effort, and I, I'm looking specifically at their defense. Uh, when you allow the Pelicans to go ahead and have a few good big scoring games, when you kind of glint into the playoffs after getting embarrassed and the coach called you out, and then you still proceed to lose that, follow up that big loss to the Pacers, where they were demoralized with another loss at home to uh, our team, the New Orleans Pelicans. So they have shown a lot of inconsistencies. That's where before I thought they were the smoothest running machine that you know we've seen in years in the NBA. So you're right. And you know what? Devin Curry still doesn't look like himself. I mean, that's huge. He's a two-time MVP of the league, and he's having trouble getting his shot down. Um, just in general, getting right in a flow where Golden State can rely on him like they do on Kevin Durant. And you know what? Klay Thompson's not looked as sharp either. So I'm with you. They're not firing off cylinders. And it's going to provide, I think, I mean, I hate to look ahead and hate counting our team out, but it's setting up for a really crazy good matchup against the Houston Rockets where both teams are up 3-1. And, you know, you just have to think that they're going to go ahead and move on and face off in the Western Conference Finals. 
Yeah, I'd like to see one of them get a scare from the Jazz or the Pelicans, Ollie, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's happening. The Pelicans, though, have shown that they can stop Kevin Durant, I think, or was that just Katie having a bad game? Because I think that is the key. You keep Kevin Durant under 30 somehow and you have a shot. Was that a bad game on Friday, or was that some great strategy by Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans? I'm leaning more towards a bad game. He allowed Drew Holiday to kind of more muscle and muck. He wasn't as aggressive against Drew. Uh, so he, instead of taking his uh, sweet shots like right at the elbow, he's shooting from a little bit further back. He's fading. He's not getting the rim enough. And this is what I'm talking about, on, what happened on Friday. But yesterday, he came out so assertive. And you know what? I felt like it was going to happen. I went to that practice on Saturday. Boy, oh boy, did he work on all those uh, all those shots that he missed on Friday. From the location, he liked, he was going full speed. And while Steve Kerr was talking, I was just watching Kevin Durant out there on the practice floor. And he showed that intensity. And it was a practice, but he was showing some major intensity. And he just carried it on over into Sunday. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but supposedly Draymond Green texted him at like yeah. three hours of yesterday morning. I think it was like five in the morning. saying, Kevin, you got to do what you do. be great. And you know what? He saw the text and he agreed, and he was. So I think it's more of Kevin Durant than anything. Drew Holiday, we know, is a great defender. But, you know, they've just been single covering him, uh, Alan. And so there was no adjustment made. It's not like suddenly the Pelicans stopped doing something. It was just that, you know, Kevin Durant decided to be that MVP player. And there wasn't much Drew who's about seven inches shorter to do. You can't stop him. Only hope to contain him. And they've actually done a pretty good job in that regard. But yes. KD is is going to get his eventually. Now, game five is coming up. And I, I think I'm all, I'm all in with what Alvin Gentry said. You have to score 110, 115 points to beat this team. Uh, and they didn't obviously didn't do that yesterday. So game five, is it going to take someone besides Drew or AD scoring in the 30s or perhaps, I don't know, the bench collectively having a game like they did in game three or even better? Without a doubt. You know, during the regular season, I remember talking to a few assistant coaches, and they always said there's only one way to be Golden State, and it's a score point. And it's not a secret really in the league. This, this team is so good offensively that even if a lot of them have subpar moments, subpar performances, they're still going to pile up about 110 points. So you're at a minimum guy to score that much. And so the Pelicans, yeah, Allen, I don't know where they're going to get that point production, but you're going to need that Superman game from AD. It wouldn't hurt to see Drew go up for 30. And then, of course, Mir just has to show up and, you know, get his about 18 to 20. And then right the bench, how about another 20 to 25 from them? It's going to have to take a collective effort because getting 120 is not easy. Not against this team, and uh, it's hard to just rely on one or two guys to really like. We saw Drew and AD in the last game against Portland where they combined for almost 90 points. That's just not going to happen, not against this Warriors team. So you're right. It's going to take contributions from across the board. With honestly, AD, though, still leading the way. He's got to play like a superstar for this team to even have a chance. Yeah, I I highly doubt a combined 90-point effort from Drew and AD against the Warriors, but who knows? Those guys have been wowing all season long, Ollie, and, and the Warriors with a three-one lead. We know that we know there's a possibility there, unlikely, but it, I, I just want to see the thing come back to the Smoothie King Center because I think it's it'd be fitting for the season to end there at least because the fans and the team have endured a lot this year and overcame, and I would call it the most successful season in team history. It's been great. I agree with you. And you don't you you don't want to end the season on the whimper of a game four that we just witnessed. I'm with you 110. percent I know for a fact that we're going to get a great effort out of the team on uh, 
coming up in game five. But, you know, as to whether they come home with the win, you know, that's entirely up in the air. I mean, you have to lean towards the Warriors, obviously, playing an Oracle. But, yeah, if they can somehow make it back to New Orleans, it will honestly put like a cherry on top of this season, taking two from the world champs, uh, pushing the brink, pushing Steve Kerr to start a death lineup for the first time in history. So it's, it, at least we've got that, right? We can hang that banner. <laughs> hey, we pushed Golden State to have to start carrying from the, the moment the ball goes up in the air. But you know what? There's, there's a small, small chance. You know, I, I just got to put it out that there's been 11 teams that have come back from 3-1 deficits. And you know what? The Golden State Warriors know about this because the Cleveland Cavaliers a couple of years ago did that to them when they were up 3-1. They came back and won the championship over the Warriors. So who knows? You know, I'm not going to say never. I've seen a sign or two talking about that 3-1 uh, lead they blew in that series somewhere. I forget where, though, Ollie. You know, the Pelicans <laughs> have been one of the best teams facing adversity all season long, and now with their tr- backs truly against the wall, you're right. I don't know. I doubt they win, but I know we're going to see one hellacious effort tomorrow night in Oracle, man. Thanks for talking about it all playoffs long with us, and win, lose, or draw, we'll uh, holler at you after the series to uh, recap it all, man. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks, Alan. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the bird calls on OTG and nothing but net here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However... When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.